after she saw an article with us with our latest donation check to the hospital and she was like it's amazing like real estate is funding your purpose and I'm like 100% like that is so cool to me like that we our business literally is our northern star everything is just around like well how much are we gonna raise for the hospital this year and like that to me is just so cool because it's, it's like why we're here like now like that's what I'm here for So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui, and I'm back today to interview Jen McConnell. Jen is from Charleston, South Carolina. We've been chatting for a few minutes. I'm really excited about what we're going to be sharing with you uh, today. We might as well get started. Jen, how's it going? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad that, you, that you're coming on and the, you know, being a listener of the show and out there in real estate. And then we also realize we just we have a bunch of like friends in common and associates in common. <laughs> and that makes it extra fun and extra easy to start a conversation. Yeah, that's awesome. So what, what company are you with out there? So I actually own my own brokerage called McConnell Real Estate Partners. And we're on Isle of Palms, which is just east of uh, downtown Charleston. So the, that's cool. So you own your own brokerage. When did you get into real estate? I got into real estate when I was a junior in college. So God, I guess it'll be 18 years this year, 18 That's years ago. So that is awesome. So what yeah. made you, so while you're in college, what made you decide to, to do that? You know, I don't know what it was. I've always had an interest in real estate. Like when I was little, like elementary age on Sunday, they would just like on channel two, they would list the, the open houses for the day. And I would literally watch that before we went to church. Like that was like my half of my religion was like watching that. It was so weird. It's like I was so little. So obviously I didn't know anything yeah. about it. But then um, in college, I was a marketing and finance major. And then I had an opportunity for an internship. And there were, I was a very small town and you had like three builders in town. And I was just like, you know what? I, I think that'd be fun. Like I'll go build houses. That'd be cool. So I just went out to one of the builders um, out in our town and I asked for a job and they said they had already hired. And I was like, well, that's, that's, that's okay. Like I want to, I need an interview. Like I, I need to work here. Like I need an internship. So I ended up kind of like working my way in and I got a job. So that's kind of how I started as a real estate assistant for um, a new homes consultant. That's fascinating. And that was like 06, 07? Yeah, I graduated in 06. So I, that was like 05. Actually, 05 is when I started. Yeah. The 05 was the yeah. time that builders were like, it was wild. So the, <laughs> I, you know, I graduated in construction management at the same time. I was a home builder. I loved the home building like business mindset back mm -hmm. then. And it's this whole like journey. So you, so you, as marketing, you went in and as a builder, but then you get to see like working for the building company, but then you got to see the real estate agents, you know, the sales processes, mm -hmm. and they were like fine oiled machines. Most of the builders in like Oh five, it was a pretty wild thing. Absolutely. At the time the builder was, they're a semi custom builder and they were just in Ohio, which is where I'm from. And then actually as I was graduating is when they were expanding. And so that's what brought me to Charleston. Actually, they were like, do you want to go to Wilmington or Charleston? I was like, we're going to Charleston. I'm 21 years old. Might as well go. It sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so that's actually how I got here in Charleston with that builder. Very cool. No better yeah. job out there. All right. So then you moved to Charleston and then I'm going to say, I'm going to make some guesses. So then like, Oh, seven, Oh eight, Oh nine. 
What was the market like then? What was it like after you got to Charleston? Oh, so eight, we all lost our jobs. Yes, um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, oh, eight's when I got my general uh, real estate license. So, just my yeah, I didn't have to have a license to do um, new construction with that builder because we didn't own any land. Um, so yeah. then, in two thousand eight, I actually got my real estate license. Uh, we then moved to. Well, I was in Greenville because I opened up their model home location. So bad time to be doing all that. Um, and then we moved to Columbia. Um, in South Carolina here. And I started working for custom home builders on the lake there. So it was interesting, you know, and like for custom home builders at that point, you, you know, you weren't doing specs, which was fine with me. I was, I was always in high end um, construction, even with the semi custom builder. So it was an interesting time. Um, there was, it was definitely a scared time, but you know, we got through it and I think it, it just made you stronger. So, yeah. so how did you do in like Oh nine to 2010? Like did how many, do you remember how many deals you did back then? Oh gosh, no. Like, I don't think I did anything in general. I, mean, I think I did like a handful, just like my friends in general brokerage. Um, yeah. And then new construction. I really didn't get back to new construction until 2010, which is the year I got married. Um, and so that's kind of when I was like, all right, like this, it, the market's settled now. Like we can definitely do this. And the way I was kind of um, taught was really as far as the construction side as well. So like I had to know how to build the house from ground up. Like we were tested on it. You had to know it. So just having that kind of knowledge, I found that not a lot of new construction agents didn't have. So I was able to kind of use that in my general brokerage side, but then also with my, my construction side. So I stayed in construction up until 2016, basically. And then I fully transitioned over in 2016 to general brokerage. Got it. So the, so listeners, if you're out there, a lot of the way that like new home building sales works, if you guys haven't seen it yet, especially when it's really, really busy. So sometimes you can go like see a model home and then next door, there's already a house that's done. That's ready for move in. Or if you get in early enough, your buyer will, you know, get in contract on something and they'll like want to stop by during the construction process. Mm -hmm. So agents are like touring them and they're like looking where their pipes are and things like that. So I'm guessing that's part of that process you're talking about, Jen, is you're walking through the houses, you know, with them along the way. So that knowledge got to help you because most real estate agents actually don't know what's inside the walls, what's behind mm -hmm. the drywall. Um, and then, and you found that, you know, that knowledge helps you like on just normal resale stuff now. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, even everything from I was able to customize our floor plans as much as the person wanted to. So I was go getting online with CAD on my whiteboard, redlining my lines right there, and they're fixing it structurally for me. Whereas like this one's a little barren, you can't move this wall. Well, this one, you absolutely can do whatever you need to. Let's throw in an I-beam here and we can go 16 feet wide. Like just things that most agents don't know, you know, yeah. I can definitely look at, it. especially when you're looking at homes for renovations. It's like, you got to kind of know that stuff. So it's definitely been helpful. Yeah. So what's the market like in Charleston? What was it like in like 2021, 2022, 2020, and then now? You know, I think like most places, it was it was just crazy. Um, the thing about Charleston, though, is it's a destination. So everyone that was in the bigger cities, you know, they came here to kind of escape for a little bit for COVID when they thought it would just be a couple of weeks. And then they're like, oh, crap, like we can't go back home. Like, so they would just stay. Right. So then all of them stayed, took a lot more of our inventory. Then inventory got down to hundreds, just hundreds of houses. Um, and we're still seeing some of that. Our numbers are ticking back up. Um, but, you know, last year, even beginning of the year, it was multiple offers, all contingencies waived, cash won the deal, quick closes. Um, whereas now we're definitely seeing a little bit of a slowdown. Like our, our market actually in 2022 was down about 7% in Charleston. Um, but, you know, I think that we just are a destination where people are moving up their retirement. They were planning on moving here someday, but a lot of people are still able, able to work from home. So they're just moving up those plans now. So, and we, we are surrounded by water, so we have no more land. So it's only just getting more, more, uh, you know, expensive. So, yeah. And I guess that's where remodeling comes into play too, if there's no mm -hmm. more land. So the, what's the average price point out there? 
average price point in Charleston honestly is kind of low. It's like three fifty to four hundred. Um, but really when you get into like the, the bigger parts of Charleston, like Mount Pleasant, downtown Charleston, like Mount Pleasant, it's more up in like seven hundreds. Yeah. And then how many transactions did you do last year? Last year we did forty six. And then um what do you what do you think you're gonna do this next year? Next year we'll do probably sixty million. That's our that's what we're targeting for. The so last year when you did forty six the how many is it a is it a team? So my husband's on the team. He really deals with our investor clients. So um, he is a finance background. And so when he left corporate America and kind of came onto our team and then we opened up our brokerage, that's kind of the path that he went down. And I pretty much do all of our buyers and listings. And then we yeah. do have two agent concierges who kind of like help us with showings. If we just can't be here or there at all the time, they can help us out. And then I have, we have an assistant as well. So just a small team. Yeah, I guess that's right. I mean, I say, I say team because that's so common. Um, but you have your own brokerage, so it's your own yeah. business. And yeah. so the, so you had built your team and then somewhere along the line, you said, where, what, what company were you with before you became a broker? Keller Williams. So you're with KW mm-hmm. and the, and you like built up a team and you said, okay, I'm ready to go like do my own thing now. And it's still small where you and your husband are doing most of the volume. Oh yeah. And we're the, doing all the volume. Oh, yeah. you're doing all the volume. So yeah. you do, so he does the investor clients, mm-hmm. you do that other side. And then you have a couple other agents for the extra showings. The, um, that's really cool. When we were doing a lot of flips in like 2009, 2010, we were buying like 20 houses a month, 20 to 30 houses a month. And my wife was the listing agent. So I would buy them, fix them. She would sell them. And then we finally got to a point where we decided we were missing out on all those sign call leads because she had no interest in going. To, she was busy with all of her listings. We didn't want to like grow any sort of a team, but we kept getting all these sign calls from people saying like, well, this one's, can you show me the one next door? Can you show me another one? So we finally hired a couple agents that would, you know, that would do the open houses, that would take the sign calls, and they were able to build up their business that way. Are you planning to to grow it anymore, or are you just happy with the size that you're at? So we went back and forth. You know, we, we're coming up on two years. We've been open with our brokerage, and I really like the boutique feel. Like I love to work with my clients personally. I don't like to hand them off. We did have agents, a couple agents that were on board um, last year, and it worked out for the time. But it just it wasn't natural. I feel like it just I like to be with my clients. Like I'm not going anywhere. So I think to keep the boutique feel, we Josh and I definitely will be the ones dealing with our clients. However, I think that we'll just bring on more agents who will f- help our business. Business, and then we can help them grow theirs and they're, you know, stay with us, go on their own. However we can help them, you know, is, is, is great. But, um, you know, I don't need to bring on like a team and then grow McConnell Real Estate Partners. Like that's not necessarily our goal. It's to really keep who we work with and just build off of that. Like 95% of our business last year was just repeat clients and, um, you know, referrals from other agents or, or clients that have bought from us in the past. So like that's our business now. We don't pay for, for any leads now. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Buchastegui, and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time, and when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Boss. There's a lot of superstars out there that use Follow Up Boss. What's your favorite CRM? We're using Follow Up Boss. We use Follow Up Boss. So we use Follow Up Boss. I love Follow Up Boss. I love it. We have action plans now for bringing on new agents. We have action plans for our recruiting. Uh, we call them action plans and follow-up boss, which will trigger tasks for the agents to do as far as calling. Follow-up boss, I like more for the integrations with everything, MailChimp, call action, all those different products. I will say we used Sync 
and we switched from Sync to Followbox. Honestly, the greatest CRM I've ever used, I've used Brivity, Sync. I've looked at Boomtown, like Real Geeks, just a bunch of different ones. But me personally, I fell in love with Fub about like seven months ago when I first started using it. I've used Boomtown, I've used LineDesk, I've used Conversion, and I think Followbox gives you the most integrations that are simple and it gives you the best ability to go and integrate large things into one single solitary platform yet at the same time it's still affordable i do like follow-up box better just because it you can text from the app and things like that it's just a little more convenient for me um it tracks everything that i need i can customize it if i want if i want to go smart list based that's fine if i want to go task based it's fine i think it's one of the best systems and it's very user friendly it just really helps me never drop a ball because it's so user-friendly. I don't have a one horse in the race of Fallout Boss. Purely objective, Fallout Boss has been the best one that we've found. Now, I've used Fallout Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial, and check it out, especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet. This will be a great one for you to start with. Thanks again. Now back to our show. So the I could see that being... It's also the benefit of like being your own broker is you get to be your boutique, whatever Mm -hmm. you can have your own style, your own marketing, your own, whatever. It's just purely yours. Are there any other advantages to, you know, as you became your own broker? I mean, a lot of it for me was the marketing. So I'm huge. I was a marketing major. Like I'm really big on just having a certain level and a certain standard and nothing against KW. I absolutely love KW, but we did actually get pushed back on a lot of some referrals that we got where they were like, we will just never deal with a KW agent. Like it is nothing against you. People have raved about you, but we will just never deal with that brand. I'm like, man, like that sucks. Like And I just, it's not that I ever thought that that, what they were saying was true or anything, but I just don't want that like to be an obstacle or or an objection. So just being able to market my own, control the narrative, control the brand, and really just be known. Like we're on a small island here in Charleston and, you know, we support the soccer team and it's my last name, like McConnell State Partners is on there. We have our nonprofit McConnell Foundation. Like we're just here for a lifetime. So we need to be in our neighborhoods. And the best way to do that is obviously with our last name. So it just, everything just kind of aligned. It made sense to just go out on our own. Everyone's like, well, yeah, I was waiting for you to do that. We knew you would. Like, why wouldn't you? (laughs) You know, like I have a moving truck, like with my face on it and like you know it's just it's like a complimentary beautiful moving truck that clients can have and like that's just it's just a different level i think than a lot of people expect from just like a a franchise brokerage yeah what's something that you wish you would have known when you first got started in real estate i mean your first probably five years were like kind of pretty rocky up and down so like this interesting stuff but like now that you've done so much like what's something you wish you would have known earlier on that maybe would have jump-started your career you know, I wish I would have started with social media earlier. 
<laughs> so I really yeah. didn't, I really didn't start with social media until maybe six years ago. And like, I didn't have Facebook in college. Like not everyone around me did. Like I kind of was late with all of that. And now I just wish that I had the time to really do more of it and really know it and become the master of it. Cause I feel like that's such a great resource for, for education, for buyers or sellers, for agent connections. Um, I just feel like it's such a great resource and it's, it's free other than your time. Um, so if I were a new agent, I mean, I would double down on social media. I would know everything that I possibly could. I would do the reels. I would do everything. I would do everything that they, you see a lot of people doing really. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. I was, I remember when Facebook came out and I was so slow, like, I'm like, I, I don't get it. It's weird. <laughs> like the, I don't, I don't, I don't like that whole idea. Like to me, it was just like, it wasn't for me. And yeah. as people were like signing up and, and doing it more and more, I just didn't, didn't really get it at all. And I think as, yeah, as a result, like, you know, you get behind, but, but real estate is such a, a social like sphere of influence game. Yeah. And if you know, if you have 5,000 acquaintances on social media and you get to start telling them that you're a real estate agent, that is way more spread than if you have 500 mm -hmm. and the, and yeah, and you can, you could start building and growing all sorts of different uh, you know, things in there that I think that's, that's really good advice. Now, how about the, for you guys right now, so you were a part of a boom and a crash before, and now stuff is tightening up and slowing down. Are there any things that you like remembered seeing from like back in 08 or like in business that as it's changing right now, you guys are like, you know, if the market slows, here's something that we're going to do a little different, or here's something we're going to focus on, or here's something we're going to be careful with. Has anything happened where you're like, this is a change we're going to make this year that was like different than like January, 2021, where it was stuff's flying off the market? No, not necessarily. I mean, seeing what happened in 2008, 2009, like that was such, that was black and white compared to what's happening now. Like that was a complete just disaster, right? Like I yeah. remember being on the phone with people you know, across the desk from me on the phone with a the lender and they're like, well, how much do they want to buy for? And I'm like, well, they don't even have 500 bucks they can give me. Like, what do you mean you want to give them like a million bucks? Like, they can't even give me 500 today. Like, what are we talking about? You know, so you could see that one coming. Like, this is nothing compared to that. And I think it's just a correction. And honestly, we could not keep up with the prices that we were at the rate we were going uh, last year with some of the price increases. And so it's, it's needed. Um, but I think that it's just balancing out is all that it is. So there's nothing different that we're doing or projecting or, um, you know, taking away or changing really. I mean, all of our funding, like I said, does, goes back into our client experiences essentially in our client events. So we don't go into, you know, buying any leads or anything like that. So we're not changing really anything that, like that other than we're adding more client events. Um, so just seeing them more, being in front of them more. And that's really just all that we're doing more or different. Yeah. The, so you talked about, you have a nonprofit out there that your name's on. And you and I got to talk about it briefly. Uh, tell me about that. So we have a nonprofit called the McConnell Foundation, and the foundation raises funds for pediatric cancer research. So my son was diagnosed with cancer at the age of five months, and then he was cured um, at 10 months old. Um, and he was cured right here in, in MUSC, which is the Children's Hospital here in Charleston. And wow. his amazing oncologist, Dr. Kaveka, she runs one of the only pediatric cancer research labs in South Carolina. So we're able to fund her, but she also shares that on a national platform. So the research that she's doing, I mean, it's just remarkable. Like 100% her research she did five, 10 years ago is why my son's cured. I mean, we know that for a fact. So she's just really doing amazing things in her lab. So for us to be able to help fund that, like 
we promised God in the hospital, like, if you get our son through this, like, we will do whatever we can to help the hospital, help Dr. Rebecca, like, promise you, God, we will do whatever we need to. And, and that is what we felt like he was telling us to do. So our brokerage also changed it. So my son was cured in 2019. And in 2020 is when we first started setting aside a portion of our commissions to donate to the hospital, to her, Dr. Kaveka's research. Well, it's awesome. And like, it was so great because we did $25,000 our first year. And then, you know, your clients get so excited about what you're doing and they want to like help you out. But like as a brokerage, you can't just like take a check for, you know, they're like, we want to help your cause. I'm like, I know. And I love you for it. But like, I can't take just like your money because <laughs> that's yeah. illegal. So I was like, all right, well, like the foundation can help fund that as well. So then uh, we did $25,000 our first year, 50,000 the next year. And then last year we did another 50, but then I did another 45 from the foundation. So our foundation, we actually started in 2021 with our first event actually being in 2022. Um, so through our gala that we had in uh, June, um, it's a black tie gala we have in Mount Pleasant and we were able to do just a little over $45,000 for that. So overall, we're like almost at $200,000 that we've donated in like two and a half years, which is pretty cool. Real estate rock stars, this is Aaron Muchastegui. Thank you for letting me interrupt for a second. I've got something really, really important to talk about. You know how last year we kept talking about that mastermind? What is the mastermind? What are we talking about with that mastermind? Last May, there was like 60 or 70 people of you listeners that had never met, flew out to Austin, Texas. We all hung out at this awesome event center and we spent a couple days with some great guest speakers talking about skills and strategies to succeed in real estate. And then we had these mastermind tables where everyone rotated, everyone got to meet everybody, everyone got to provide value. Some of the agents there had only done one or two deals ever. Some of the agents there had done hundreds of deals and they all got to interact and help each other build their business and build their strategies. And I've heard so many stories of friendships that came from that, of referrals that have come from that. There were six or seven people at that one that heard me talk about doing an Ironman and we all did an Ironman together in, in North Carolina last month and we had never even met before the podcast live so the it was it's, it's been such such a cool experience the i would love it for you guys to come today is march 6 through 8 the sign ups right now go to hybendigital.com forward slash mastermind we also have a room block set up it's three days downtown austin great really cool hotel really cool uh, convention center that we're going to be hosting it and we're going to get a chance to i can't wait to meet you guys i can't wait for you to meet other listeners i can't wait for you to develop these new interactions and really what we're teaching yeah last year was like how do you make a business better but the market was just starting to turn and i was trying to give some people some advice of what to do when it when it was happening now it has turned and this time we're gonna be talking so much about how to pivot and what to do next so uh, again i hope you signed up for the mastermind sorry for such the long advertisement but i can't wait to meet you ibendigital.com forward slash mastermind Wow. So how old is your son now? My son's five. Your son's five. Yeah. It's fantastic. I have a seven-year-old son. The uh, I've got three girls. My girls are like 15, 13, and 11, but my boy is seven, and he is just so wild. Little boys are <laughs> are so much fun. I'm sure yeah. your five-year-old is the same. That's that's really unreal. So like, so he gets diagnosed with cancer super young. Like, yeah. how does he? How does anyone even get diagnosed when they're that young, right? And then you're faced with this challenge. And I think, man, I know that every time my older daughter, uh, my oldest daughter has some medical issues right now. And we find ourselves making all these deals with God mm -hmm. along the way. Yeah. We go, if this can happen, this is what we'll do. Yeah. Like if she can get better, 
we will do this, 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 and this. Yep. So then it happened for you. And then the next year you're like, okay, so what do we do? So it sounds like at the very beginning, you guys just made donations. Yep. Right. And yep. it's a, you do a percentage of every deal. Every deal. So you do a percentage of every deal and you started making the donations and then yep. people started asking you more about it. And you're like, oh, maybe we should build this foundation. So how long between the first time you made a donation mm-hmm. to where you actually like said, like, let's set up a foundation and help other people pitch in too. So we did 2019 was our first year. We did 25, 2020, we did 50. And then you another did the foundation right away. No, no, no. The foundation wouldn't start till 2021. And it took about nine months to get approved. So we actually didn't do anything with the foundation until 2022. Okay. Yeah. So basically we were just, you know, we started with our brokerage because that's what kind of made sense. Like to people know, like I had to take time off of, I I literally stopped real estate the day my son was diagnosed. And I was like, nothing else matters. So I was with him every hospital visit and we were stayed with him. And like, I was just there. Like that was my job. So I kind of had to restart in 2019 once he was cleared. So I only worked, you know, six months that year, but that was my best year to date that I had ever had in those six months that I was able to work. And I was the number one agent at Keller Williams at that time with like 350 agents. And I did that in like six months. And I was like, that's not me. Like that's God taking care of me. Right. So like, I'm like, all right, I have to like, I, there's something on my heart that I need to do. Like I have to be able to do more than just, you know, what our brokerage can do to give back at that point. Um, and so that's just really what was like, you know what? I love to throw parties. Like I think I could, I should just throw a gal every year. Well, you need a nonprofit to do that, to be able to actually accept the funds. So it just kind of all came together seamlessly. And, and now we have two different methods of how we're able to fund our purpose. And I really like, I love one of an agent um, that's actually at KW. She was so sweet after she saw an article with us, with our latest donation check to the hospital. And she was like, it's amazing. Like real estate is funding your purpose. And I'm like a hundred percent. Like that is so cool to me. Like, that we, our business literally is our Northern star. Everything is just around like, well, how much are we going to raise for the hospital this year? And like, that to me is just so cool. Cause it's, it's like why we're here. Like now, like that's what I'm here for. You know, I'm like, yeah. obviously our clients are everything, but like they're helping us get there too. And they're so involved and they come to our gala and they, you know, they just, they love Bodie. Everyone like, even if they don't know him, they feel like they do. Cause he's in all of our stories and like we keep them updated on everything. So it's really cool. It's very, very cool. Yeah. What do we, I mean, that's the, what's money for, right? Like what, what's money? For, there's all sorts of fun things that we get to use it for, but when you get to change lives, like that's uh yeah, the Northern star, um, very cool. And yeah, it's getting to know that your day, your day job, because some, some people have a passion or something they're, pa- you know, something they're passionate about or something they want to support. Plus they have their job yeah. so they can have their job or they can go volunteer over here, but you're able to actually like intermingle them where it's like, here's your job, but every time you do a good job at your job, it's going to help this. Was it hard to set up the foundation? You know, we actually hired an attorney to help just because we knew that we were on a short timeline for when I wanted to have our gala, our very first event for the foundation. So we hired an attorney who specializes in that. And he pretty much, he got everything together, sent it in, and we were pretty much guaranteed to get accepted. So I wasn't too concerned about it, but I mean, it did take nine months for them to actually like get through it, signed off on and sent, but any advice you'd give for somebody that's thinking about starting a foundation? I, I, the you know, as their business starts getting better and they're like, hey, they donate, but they want to do it a little bit more controlled. Any ideas for that? Yeah, I mean, you know, there are restrictions. That's the thing is like there are definitely restrictions with a lot of things. People are like, oh, we started a nonprofit. I'm like, well, there's always this to go on to. Um, they can always reach out to me. I'm happy to put them in touch with our attorney that set everything up for us. I mean, it's just it's it's great and it's you know it's done right and there's not a chance that it'll come back and be denied for anything basically, which we needed that peace of mind. So, yeah. 
Yeah. That is such a cool story. The, uh, I'm definitely going to reach out later for that, for that info. The, you know, there's different, you know, people love to, we love to help and people love to help people. And at different times, it's like, man, it, the, I wish it could be more organized and things like that. And it's just it's such a cool thing that you've set up where you take a little bit every time you make sure that you grow it and they, uh, gets to be your, your double passion. You know, what, um, what advice would you give to uh, you know, people just right now in real estate as far as like getting new leads or marketing or something else that's working really, really good? Like right now, you've just crushed marketing in your local area. You've put your name everywhere. You're recognizable. When somebody's thinking, do I know anyone in real estate? Your name is in so many places. That's triggering, right? They're going like, yeah, we know we know the McConnells are in real estate because your stuff is out there. But any advice you'd give for for other agents right now that are, that are going from you know 20 deals last year to now they're not sure where they're going to get their next deals, what, what should they be focusing on? What should they double down on? You know, our biggest thing is to provide concierge level service. Like that is my thing. I just have a very high standard for how we operate. And I think that if you haven't necessarily done that so far, I think you can still make up for that. So every single person that has purchased from you in the past or sold with you, I mean, you if you aren't already, you need to make sure you have your post-close checklist and have that automated as much as you possibly can. But if not, I mean, if you're doing 20 deals a year, you definitely can call every single person that you just closed last year. I mean, there's, there's no reason you shouldn't, you should be writing them. You should be emailing them, sending them videos, sending them Christmas cards or Thanksgiving, you know, well wishes. I mean, there's just so many different things that you need to do. Um, as far as an agent is concerned to be able to actually get that referral base, like, like we have now, it's all because of the experience that we provide. And, and we are very intentional on every single touch that we do. And that's from the moment we get the lead all the way through, you know, years and years down the road. Like I'm dealing with a client that was one of my first clients actually once I came back from um, when Bodhi was sick. And, um, you know, now I think we're on like property number 10 or 11. I mean, they're, they just put in for a quad today. So it's like, you know, you just, if you treat people right and you put their interests first, I feel like naturally they're going to want to use you again, but we can't fault people for kind of forgetting or meeting a new friend who's now an agent and, you know, maybe not saying our name sometimes. So I think it's up to us to really stay in touch genuinely and, and provide service or provide value really to them. So, you know, are you keeping them updated with what their home is worth today compared to when they bought it last year or even two years ago? Cause that's changed drastically. Um, but also to just genuinely be interested. Like one thing that we do, like, so we have families, any of our families, we know that their kids are going back to school in August. So we do, we send every single kid a customized cookie kit that has like their name written on one of the cookies and have a great day back to school. Like just sweet things like that. But then like, we know that we have a lot of people who are, you know, empty nesters. So they probably want to go to like a happy hour at one of the new waterfront restaurants. So we do that. So like you really have to customize your marketing for the year around who your database is. So you definitely should have a really solid CRM. So then you can kind of tag all of your different clients. So then you know who you should be targeting. So if 50% of your clients are empty nesters and everyone else is first time home buyers and investors and everyone else, like you got to kind of know what your, your marketing plan should be for the year. And that's, we planned those, you know, last year for this year. I mean, that stuff's already done. Yeah. And what's your favorite CRM? Follow up boss. Use follow up boss. Yeah. It took a while to find her, but she's the best. <laughs> she's yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, follow up boss, our biggest sponsor on the podcast. And the recently realized the founder lives right by me here in Austin. Really? So like how, how random and small world sometimes the way that works mm -hmm. out. I think he might even, uh, I'm talking about maybe coming and speaking at our mastermind here in a couple months, nice. um, out here. You mentioned the post closing checklist. The, what are some things on that post closing checklist that people should be putting to their list? 
Well, of course, you want to follow up shortly after closing. So if it's a buyer sale, you want to follow up, make sure everything's okay within like a first couple of days, if not 24 hours after closing. You know, we usually try to do something, pop by and drop off something like a small food or if they, if I know something that they need before they move in, uh, you definitely want to have one month closing. If they're new construction, you want to set, a, and these are all reminders, of course, that you haven't mm -hmm. followed off. So it's automatically popping into your calendar. But, you know, 11 months is when builders want to do their, their 11 month walkthrough. So you need to remind them then that they have that right to do that walkthrough with their builder again and basically get any nails popped up or nail pops touched up and anything else that's going wrong with the house so you know those type of reminders you need to just be very intentional about um, we have client events so we have client events almost every other month where it's in person uh, we send um, quarterly you know print newsletters so even if they don't really if they're not kind of left to chat or whatever like at least they're getting something from us it's very well done has a letter has our update like here's our um latest check donation um then something going on like a new local boutique and then housing projections for 2023 here are some of our calendar events for next year this is for us so like we have valentine's day cookie kit pickup in february river dogs game in may where we run out the whole mezzanine we have Front Beach Fest here on Isle of Palms, and then our foundation in September. So, like, we just have a lot of events and a lot of ways for people to meet other people, too. Like, they know that we're not just coming there to be like, hey, who do you know to buy or sell? Like, we don't even talk real estate at our events. Like, we're here to find out what's going on with Jimmy and Debbie and, like, how's life? How do you love Daniel Island? How do you love wherever? Like, we just want to learn and be, make sure we're in their life and providing value however we can. We're always there if they know if they need us, um, but we're not there to talk real estate. You know, so just being intentional about everything. Like, that just for us has been, I mean, that's why our numbers are the way they are. Yeah. I mean, I was just going to ask you, what are some of those examples of your every other month thing? But you just talked about it, like the cookie kit pickup, you know, the, the thing at the beach, you know, the, you know, the dinners, things like that. This has been really, really cool and getting to see how you've built your business over such a long time, right? Like there's probably a lot of people that see what you're doing and they're like, wow, she's, she's so lucky. She's got such a big business going. And you're like 18 years in the making of like, learning these different processes. And then I think you said 2016 was when you transitioned from working exclusively for builders to actually building out, um, you know, more of your business. Is that right? So it's really you know, seven years of that. Well, yeah. And actually I kind of, I had to start over really. So I was in Columbia um, for six years prior to coming back to Charleston. So in 2016, I mean, I, I started all over. I wasn't in new construction anymore. I was in general brokerage. Uh, my database, I didn't even have one because at that time I wasn't keeping it again, just like mistakes that I had. Um, yeah. And, you know, so I literally was just starting all over. So I just kind of started over in 2016. So it hasn't been super long. Um, and really within my son was diagnosed in 2018. So 2018, 2019, I really wasn't working necessarily. Um, so it's been pretty short, um, but it's definitely possible if you just treat people the right way, stay true to who you are, find your Northern star and just keep, keep going. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's, it's kind of simple, honestly, you know? Yeah, well, I guess last question, I mean, we could have closed it out with that, but like 2016 starting over, what did you do to build your business base then? Or how'd you get your first clients then? Like, how did you? So 2016, we bought leads. Yeah, okay. coming back. So like we moved from another market and I was able to buy our home because I was an agent, but I was like, well, what tools did I use to buy my house? So I literally just invested in where I, I found my house. And so that's, I bought them, you know, and so we bought them for the first year. And then of course, when Bodhi got sick, my son, um, his name is Bodhi. Um, when Bodhi got sick, we, we just, of course cut that off. And then when I came back, I just relied heavily on, you know, referral based. Yeah. So what, what a, what a cool story. So that, so new agents, 
right? Mm-hmm. Like new agents as you're getting started, that's one of the tracks, right? We talk mm-hmm. about going and getting leads from knocking on doors. You can get, you can get leads all sorts of different ways, mm-hmm. but you know, people are like, man, Jen's got a business now that's almost hundred percent referral based. It sounds like, like it's mostly referrals and what she's built up. But in order to get that, it's like she started with buying leads, making that work, figuring out. And really it kind of depends on where you live in some areas. Mm-hmm. Realtor.com leads are better than Zillow leads are better than something else. It just depends on what people use in those markets. In Texas, for example, like Zillow has really great data in the Austin area, but really bad data, like just south of Austin, in between mm-hmm. Austin and San Antonio. And But Realtor.com has different stuff. Like there's all these different ways that people do this stuff. But figure out what people are using in your area. You can buy them and then you can start to build out that whole, you know, checklist, post-closing checklist, follow-up and turn those first leads into uh, ones that last forever. The Jen, this was a lot of fun. The any any other closing thoughts? Anything else you want to say? And um, and or if not, how how can people get a hold of you when they want to ask you about something? <laughs> yeah, um, we have a great website, chsestates.com. Our foundation website is themcconnellfoundation.com. Uh, and on social media or Instagram, I'm at at Charleston Estates. At Charleston Estates. I just followed you today. The I'm sure we'll do some more uh, interacting on there. Jen, this was so much fun. Thanks for coming on our podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It was great to meet you. You're welcome. And real estate rock stars, thanks for listening. All right, real estate rock stars, this is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents, and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every penny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients, and we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate. How to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there, too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.